1: Well, I don't know how you're doing, but here on Post Show Recaps, we're having the worst day ever. It's Worst Day Ever, that 24 Season 2 recap podcast, talking about 24 Season 2, Episode 15, the 10 to 11 p.m. hour. I'm Josh Wiggler, joined here by Emily Fox. Emily Fox, the bomb went off.
2: Guys, this was stressful. It was stressful. Um... But yeah, the it bomb, happened.
1: The bomb went off. Yep. George Mason is gone.
2: Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. I called it
1: a real American hero.
2: Sure is. His son's not going to have to work in a coffee truck anymore.
1: Uh, probably not. You'd like to think yeah. that he'd be taken care David of. David
2: Palmer's going to take care of him.
1: Uh, one would think. One would hope. What's uh, his son's name again? John. <laughs> what?
2: I thought it was something like Skyler. Or John. Like that. John mind. Mason.
1: Uh, okay. Played by Eric Christian Olsen, yes, aka Vaughn of the Tiny Nipples of Community.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Um, George Mason, R.I.P. Nuclear bomb, R.I.P. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not really sad about that. Don't
2: put any empathy towards plutonium. Um, it knows what it did. Jack
1: Bauer nearly losing his life in this one, but then George Mason, George Mason was like, "Hey, you still need to be on the show." <laughs>
2: Well, that's why I kept being like, okay, so George Mason is going to Bruce Willis this like an Armageddon where he yeah. pulls Ben Affleck out of the situation and pushes him into the like safety capsule and he takes it.
1: Yeah, but Jack kind of has the Bruce Willis call with Liv Tyler in this episode. It's a real tearjerker. It is. Uh, there's a lot of emotion in 24 season two, episode 15. I think one of my favorite episodes of 24.
2: Listen, I don't want to close my eyes, I don't want to fall asleep.
1: But I, I miss you, Kim. I'm
2: just i don't miss kim and i don't (laughs) want to
1: and i really don't miss kim i love this episode Uh, it's a good episode the, the 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 way they wrap up the nuclear bomb that there are really no good options and they're gonna have to let it go off um but they're able to get it away from most of the people rest in peace jackrabbits yeah coyotes yeah backpackers yeah probably a few um, cacti uh yeah better watch out for that man eating jackrabbit and that killer cacti. hey dude, oh, um, wow. But, yeah, probably some casualties there. But the, the George Mason of it all really gets me. I think uh, Jack Bauer's call with Kim is is really, really good as well.
2: And we're really proud of Kim for finally figuring out what a creepy man looks like. Kim
1: Bauer probably has her best moment of the series up to this point in this episode. Yeah. Uh, when she shoots the guy's window and is like, keep going. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. But she
2: got, you know, she had to like learn the hard lesson of, oh, I still decided to put my finger out to, uh, I don't know. That's
1: how you hitchhike. You put your finger <laughs> out.
2: <laughs> it's like, what am I trying to say?
1: Fairly classic She still move. decides
2: to like hitchhike with like a real like beater of a car coming down the street. Yeah. Where she's like, yeah, this one looks safe. Rather Luckily, than... she's
1: picked up by, uh, it's not the one from NCIS, Pauly Peretti, if only.
2: Listen, um, I think most of us who are listening to this slash have watched this season know enough to know that like, you don't just like ask for help from any random person. Like you try to vet your, your resources a little bit. Um, One of the more important things I ever learned as a person that might need help someday is you always ask a woman. Mm. You always find a woman, especially with a child and say, hi, I need help. I'm lost. Um, This is good information to give to your children too. If your child gets lost, look for a mom, look for a woman with a child. Okay. Kim, look for women to help you. Don't keep asking weird, sketchy men who are very sweaty and greasy and don't look like they've showered or are living in a desolate area for help.
1: Yeah. Can I okay. offer an alternate suggestion? Sure. She should have just carjacked a car.
2: <laughs> Where was she going to do she that? She had the
1: gun. She just stepped in front of the car and said, I got a gun. Get out of the car.
2: <laughs>
1: Give me the car. It's true. Or so true. or she should have just like, I don't know, not a lot of great choices. I think you give salient advice. Yeah. Uh, a lot going down in 24 season two, episode 15. Do you have a letter grade on this one? I give it an A. Ooh, just an A. Okay. Just an A. um What knocks the plus?
2: I could predict too much of it.
1: Um, yeah, we'll get through all of yeah. that. I mean, you, de- you, you definitely called it, but I don't think that the episode tries to hide it No, much, but it's sad.
2: It's, um, sad. it's sad.
1: It's sad. Yeah. It's the I end tend of George to give, Mason.
2: Yeah, I tend to give A pluses to episodes that are a little ridiculous. Yeah. I'm realizing that that sort of my too move. emotional
1: for you this one. Yeah,
2: I felt feelings and therefore it got I knocked like down that. a couple points.
1: All right, let's talk about the episode we begin at the airport. They're working on the bomb in hangar 12 Correct. and Jack is just kind of helicopter parenting over the bomb as the bomb people are trying to fix the bomb. Uh, George Mason shows up in a car and your first comment of the episode is
2: what? Yeah, he's back
1: um, at this point that George Mason is back, but we silent clocked him. Well, we silent clocked him because the nuclear bomb is a big deal yeah. and we want to give George a distinct moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they silent clock him early is why they silent clock George Mason when they do in the previous episode. But yeah. he's still here. He says, I, I want to kind of this is the thing that killed me. I kind of want to be here when you kill it. Um and George says, I promised myself I'd see it through to the end, but he's coughing really hard. He doesn't look very good. No,
2: he's, like, considerably worse.
1: You said that um, if you were George Mason, you wouldn't be here. You would be somewhere eating a really big burger. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he picked up some takeout on the way. Well,
2: listen, we always talk about what our last meal would be, right? Yeah um and this is one of those moments that he can make for himself like oh i decide that like i want to hit up like a golden corral and really go crazy
1: yeah he hit up the arches on his way to the airport for sure listen yeah he got a mcrib and he's ready to rock
2: i would just get a large fry large a large, and a large coke mm-hmm. and fly that thing into the ground
1: that would have been your move yeah sipping on the coke as you go down
2: Best beverage ever.
1: Yeah. Um, at the airport, the bomb experts are like, yeah, we can't. <laughs> so sorry. Which this, is like. <laughs> this thing's going to blow up no matter what. I mean. And we've got 55 minutes. The good news is we've got the whole episode to figure it out. Here's, but.
2: here's one of those things I've always thought about. Like, why don't people build bombs that you can't take apart?
1: Probably because they want the bomb to go off.
2: Right. So I I was like, oh, so you can do that. <laughs>
1: Just, well, on television, I don't yeah. know. We're not really the demolitions expert, uh, so we'll have to get someone wing. I guess I've just watched in.
2: enough things where it's like, you know, cut the right wire and you're good. So I was like, oh. So yeah, can. it's
1: interesting that it turns out sometimes that life and TV don't fully align, though, <laughs> you know? It's I've never thing. found
2: that to be the case, it's a strange <laughs>
1: thing. Uh, at 10.05, Kim reaches the highway. She left at like 9.56, so she cleared a half mile pretty fast. Uh, sure that's a, a strong runner, Kim Bauer, I imagine. <laughs> Running in the dark, though. Yeah. That's scary. Here comes the guy who's like, hey, get in the car. And she's like, I don't want to. And he says, oh, but don't be scared. She goes, she, I'm like, not scared. She did, though. She surveyed the scene. She looked in. He was kind of creepy. She's seen enough. She remembers Dan, let alone Lonnie, let alone Brian Burke uh, or whatever. Billy Burke is the guy. Brian Burke's a producer of Lost. <laughs> Uh, she remembers Gary and she's like, I don't want to deal with this. This guy is going to get out of the car. And then she pulls a gun on him and he says, you don't know how to use that thing. And then she shoots out his window and she's like, get back in your car and drive away. And so he does. Uh, and I do think this is Kim's among her strongest, uh, moves of 24 yeah, she did thus well. far. well. um, Jack uh, is uh, on the phone with Palmer. The plane is going to be ready in 10 minutes. They're going to have to fly the nuclear bomb somewhere because it's going to go off and they need to get it out of here ASAP. Um, And so Palmer then gets prepped about two possibilities. They burn like a solid five minutes going over two possibilities when it really sounds like there's just the one option. See,
2: that's the thing I don't like about this episode. I figured it out. I was like kind of thinking through why I didn't like give it an A plus and this is one of the reasons why.
1: Mike says, yeah, well we could put it in the ocean, but uh, prevailing winds would blow fall, fall out onto L.A. There'd be cancer. There'd be radiation diseases.
2: We'd kill even, everything in the freaking ocean. would destroy
1: the ocean. Can't even tell you that we wouldn't have immediate casualties because who knows what sort of pleasure vessels, the unregistered pleasure vessels, he says, could get destroyed. I don't feel good about that term. Unregistered pleasure vessel is a horrible <laughs> term.
2: Sounds like uh, maybe
1: blow this up in the ocean then Yeah, Uh, get rid of the unregistered (laughs) pleasure vessels.
2: (laughs) Maybe it's got to be wiped out.
1: (laughs) Uh, And then Lynn is like, yeah, well we could do the Mojave and like, we'll kill a backpacker. But other than that, like it'll be pretty good. And David goes, Oh, the desert it is. Yeah. Uh, He says, she says, well, there's one problem. Ground zero has to be very precise. And so the pilot is going to have to fly into this very precise location. It's a suicide mission. And David goes, no, <laughs> David Palmer, the most morally uh upstanding person, is like, we can't we can't have someone die for this. And then they're and all like like better
2: literally than one person versus a
1: million, <laughs> you know, multiple millions of people. We kind of have to let the one person die. It's like, "All right, twist my arm." Uh and so Palmer tells Jack on the phone that, "Yeah, we're going to do the desert. Do we know who the pilot is?" And Jack says, "No." but his fingers are crossed behind his back because it's jack yeah he says we got a few volunteers it's me i'm gonna do it uh and david says whoever it is tell this person that he has the undying gratitude of everybody in this country and we will take care of whatever family he leaves behind and jack's like i'm glad i got that from you before i decided to do this george mason is peeping He's been creeping on Jack. says, Oh, I don't see volunteers, Jack. So it's yeah, going to be you. Yeah, he literally
2: came out of nowhere immediately after. This was, was a compelling
1: argument that George should have come out making. Been like, I can fly the plane. I just snuck up on you, and you're Jack Bauer. <laughs> and I'm dying of radiation poisoning imminently. Yeah. And I snuck up on you. Yeah. I could do this. Yeah. I'm very sneaky. Mm. Uh, and so Jack says, "Listen, I would love to let you die for me, uh, but Operation
2: if you, Coral Sneak.
1: If you if it Coral <laughs> Sneak, very good. He says, if you black out, a lot of people are going to die. George, I have to turn you down. Would love to say yes, but can't. Um,
2: but it's also autopilot." No, like, it's not at the end though. no, he he's says like, that yes. the
1: pilot has to do it. The pilot has to do
2: they have to set the coordinates. Though? yeah, and they had he's like that was all right the, whole, the he whole like, point. chills out though.
1: It's like a precise maneuver,
2: no, I know. but like Jack's like, all right, I've got to focus up. And then he's like, okay, we've uh, zeroed in. Great. And he, like, relaxes back, yeah. Well,
1: you know, <laughs> he's trying to give himself like a fairly comfortable final ten minutes before that last ninety seconds, I guess, Emily
2: McDonald's would have made it more comfortable.
1: McD's. um this is the point where you said is he gonna pull Bruce Willis yeah and then you said I hope you're writing all of this down and I was um, <laughs> at 1017 at CTU uh, an agent Graves shows up alongside an intelligence liaison named Yusuf Auda.
2: also a reason why I didn't love this episode you
1: didn't like Yusuf Auda, or you I, didn't like the intelligence I agent? just
2: felt like this entire thing was sort of like hey by the way we figured this thing out which like is fine but it didn't need to take up as much time as it did
1: mm, okay. does that make sense um,
2: well I mean, I know it's probably like the 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 like next arc of the plot. Yeah. But I'm not here for that right now. I'm, okay. here, I'm here to see the bomb get wrapped up. Well,
1: we're trying to like, you know, maybe start putting some wheels in motion because this episode is going to start turning some cards over. Um so it's <laughs> Yusuf Auda shows up. He's from uh he's from another country, uh unidentified as all of these countries are. Yeah. We will learn a lot about um these three countries. Yeah. We I, hear about these three countries a lot in this episode. And it's super annoying. Yeah.
2: I don't like You're that You're trying either. to tell me
1: that these three countries not only knew about the bomb, but supplied it?
2: Well, I started laughing. What? I, was, I was thinking to myself, what if one of them is us?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> these
1: three countries. So Yusuf out went from one of these three countries. Uh, and Tony Almeida comes up to him. And I totally misheard what he said at first. He said, you must have had a big trip, huh? But I misheard Tony to saying, you must have had a, you must have eaten some shrimp parm, huh? <laughs>
2: what?
1: Yeah. Yusuf Auda had a big shrimp. Par- yeah. I had a big shrimp parm Ew. on my way to CTU. That's,
2: that's a really A shrimp parm choice. is really good.
1: Um, Tony asks Michelle if she can hold Yusuf Auda's hand. Um, I don't think he means that literally. He says, I don't want him to see anything he doesn't need to see. Mm-hmm. So Michelle's going to assign herself to that job, even though Carrie Turner says, "Yeah, Michelle, you're supposed to assign this to somebody else. You're not supposed to do the <laughs> job yourself. Uh, but she's going to do her job, and she's going to do it herself. Um, Agent Graves gives Tony Almeida some uh, some computer parts from the raid on the Syed Ali safe house. So this stuff is st- starting to come into play um jack bauer's gonna call tony almeida hey could you find kim because i'm about to fly this plane with the nuclear bomb and tony's like why you're like my only other friend i've got no please god uh and he wants him to find kim tony says he'll find kim uh also if uh if you can get kim my will and i wrote a letter to her too i'd like you to give these things to her oh, so he god. says, i'll do it i'll do it kim finds joan uh she's a lady named joan that we've decided her name is joan i was gonna
2: say i named her that
1: you named her joan and you decided to keep it yeah all right cool yeah joan's cell phone yeah
2: joan seems to be a trustworthy woman as i uh you know mentioned earlier
3: joan seems legit yeah driving Uh, a jeep we like that driving and she's also like
2: what are you doing out here at this time of night yeah you know like asking the right questions
1: yeah uh, and then when she's like, yeah, could you take me to San Jose? She's like, I'm not taking you to San Jose, but what's going on? She's like, yeah. oh, I've had a long night. It's Cut a the crap, crazy Kim. Tro- a crazy story. Can I borrow your phone? She gives her the phone. Uh 10.22, Jack Bauer takes off into the air with 35 minutes until de- uh, detonation. <laughs>
2: detonation.
1: Detonation. But Kate Warner's like,
2: Jack, no, you can't.
1: And Jack's like, Ah let me Kate? just take one last look at you. <laughs>
2: Kate, I can't stand you.
1: Uh, we didn't talk about this last week, but you uh, were starting to feel that Jack is starting to uh, have feelings for Kate Warner.
2: I made that joke.
1: Uh-huh. I'm not serious. Yeah, you said, look at how he's looking at Kate.
2: Yeah, because she keeps, like, coming in with, like, the last minute, like, I think I can handle this.
1: Yeah, you started openly speculating. So is George hidden on the plane? Yes. Is he going to put a backpack on Jack and kick him out the side? How's this going to (laughs) work?
2: You kept cracking up. Uh, Because
1: you weren't far off. No. Pretty close. Yeah. Um, So uh, David Palmer decides, okay, so I'm going to go to LA. And everyone's like, what? He's like, yeah, I want to be there. You know, I want to show up for my people, you know? Uh, And Lynn and Mike are in lockstep about this. Like, I don't think that's a great idea. There's going to be civil unrest when everyone finds out about the bomb. And David's like, yeah. That's why I want to go. Everyone's gonna be traumatized. I want to make sure everybody knows that I'm gonna be there. And so they're like, all right. So they're gonna spend right away, the rest, sir. They're gonna spend the rest of the episode on Air Force One on their yeah. way to Los Angeles.
2: Yeah.
1: Um then Mike tells David Palmer, Yeah, by the way, Jack Bauer's flying the plane. I would have told you sooner, but I figure you got a lot of shit on your plate right now, David. <laughs> And David's like, I do. I'm not going to acknowledge that. I'm going to compartmentalize that and thankfully not have to deal with that later because Jack's going to make it. Um, (laughs) At 1031, we get, uh, jokes aside, I think a really strong scene between Jack and Kim.
3: Yeah, uh, definitely. The
1: phone call. Uh, This is like indelibly imprinted. on. I was so young watching this show and I remember crying as a kid and thinking this was like really powerful. Yeah, I thought like this was one of those uh, formative moments for me about like the power of TV. Uh, televised storytelling Uh, and like even looking back on it like it's a little hokey but it made me feel feelings uh at the time and even now i feel so bad for joan in the car
2: yeah that's what i was saying to you i was like she's gonna wish she didn't pick her up
1: i also feel bad for tony he's on the other side of the call listening in and when and when michelle comes to his office later he's clearly really upset about it
2: yeah it's like i just had to listen to that whole thing i mean tony's like all my friends you think
1: about George Mason in the back of the plane, being like, "Man, this is intense. Should I like say something?" <laughs> he doesn't.
2: How did he not cough the whole time? He
1: held it. <laughs> this is why. This is how that was, should have also been something that George says, like, "You can trust me. I didn't cough the whole time. You I didn't know. even know I was here. I snuck up on you again." Yeah. <laughs> um, but he tells her, uh, "It's got to be me. There's no other choice." She cries. She says, "I've been so horrible to you." He says, "No, you haven't. Everything that ever happened it was not your fault. I love you." I want you to live your life, be happy, grow up and be the kind of person that would have made your mom proud. Uh, And uh, she says, I'm proud of you. And when she says, I'm proud of you, that's when I break.
2: Yeah, it breaks you.
1: Yeah, even though Kim is stupid a lot of the time, uh, this scene is, is really sweet. And sad. Yeah. And like cathartic in a lot of ways because these two have obviously had a lot of horrible things happen to them.
2: Definitely. They're
1: still reeling from this terrible trauma of Terry being murdered. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they haven't like hung out in a year and a half. You know, when we saw them at the start of the season, it was still frosty. And so they're in this moment they think they're never gonna get a chance yeah. to to heal that. And so this is their closest attempt at closure, and they kind of get it. But it's really sad because it feels like we don't have enough time to use uh, to to make a pun, I guess. <laughs> but I think it's powerful, Emily.
2: I would have died laughing if Kim was like, "I need to call Miguel,"
1: <laughs> or she's like, take me to Miguel. She does get out of the car. She's like, "I need to be alone."
2: I need to call. Megan. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Megan? No. Kim? No, I mean, I think it does. It captures like the power of this relationship and, and moment in time. Uh, Very honestly. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really easy for us to poke a lot of holes in the plot lines behind what Kim's doing. And to kind of roll our eyes at the ways in which she does not react appropriately.
1: It's not always Elisha Cuthbert's fault. She's pretty good in this. scene. It's not scene. her
2: fault. No, yeah. I think it's just like the writers. And like Kiefer is so
1: good. Kiefer is an underrated yeah. crying actor. He's I think. really good. Yeah.
2: So I think you know all all of like the BS aside. It's it you know you lock into this and you're like, no, this is how it would actually go.
1: Couple scenes in this episode. There's yeah. uh, the George Mason scene coming up. I love as well. Totally. Um, so so uh, Michelle tells Tony, so we've got this recording of a conversation in Cyprus, uh, a conversation that will become, uh, come to be known as the Cyprus audio, Emily, okay. if we want to just coin that term early, uh, between, between Syed Ali and high-ranking government officials from three these, countries. These three countries, yep. TTC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so TTC knew about the bomb. They bought it. They supplied it. The translation of this audio is rushed, but the substance seems to be accurate. They need to verify the audio, but this is not great. And Tony starts, you know, kicking this up the flagpole. It gets to David Palmer. He has a conversation with Tony. David Palmer's like, why did you have to tell everybody already? And Tony's like, I don't know. It's my job. I have to start, like, you know, moving this into action. And David kind of doesn't love this because he doesn't get to like have any time with this information. He yeah. figures if you've told people at CTU, then the Pentagon knows. And if the Pentagon knows stuff is just in motion, I can't, I don't have any room to make a choice right now. Yeah. Uh, so David is starting to feel the weight of this. He tell he quotes Lincoln to Mike uh, something. I didn't write the full quote down, but basically events having control of him and he doesn't have control over events. Yeah. This is going to weigh heavily on David in this episode. And, you might be able to imagine, shall weigh heavily on him moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, Back on uh, the Bauer plane, uh, yeah, George is here. Uh, (laughs) Jack here is rummaging on the plane, and he takes a gun out and nearly shoots George. And George says, hey, don't. The service is bad enough. Wow. Uh, He said, I felt like taking a ride. Uh, He's like, it wasn't so hard to get on. People still think of the head of CTU. He said, how'd you get the drum on the plane? (laughs) Um, George said, I brought you something. I brought you a parachute. Uh, and he says, like, the hard part's over. There's nothing left but flying straight level and taking it into a dive, and he tells Jack, maybe you want to die.
2: Yeah. Maybe I think he, that this is an interesting perspective.
1: Maybe it's that you want to die. Maybe you think that uh, this doesn't sound so bad, that you get to go out in a blaze of glory as this great American hero. You get to leave your troubles behind. You get this easy way out, uh, and George, who's dying no matter what, says, if you want to be a real hero, go back Put the pieces of your life back together. Find a way to forgive yourself for what happened to your wife. Make things right with your daughter and go on serving your country. That would take some real guts. Yeah. Uh, Xander Berkeley kills it in this scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is basically George Mason's big final hurrah. He's like, I'm up here. I've got a parachute. You dip out. I can handle this. And Jack, like, very reluctantly, ultimately, like, takes the lifeline. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, for... uh, However much life Jack Bauer has to live from this point forward, he's got George Mason to thank for every second of it.
2: It's a pretty intense scene. Yeah. But one I predicted.
1: You did predict it, (laughs) but it's, it's good. He also does George Mason look haggard. Let me just say, he looks haggard.
2: Yeah, he looks like they, like, I mean, the makeup that they put on him to make him look like his, like, skin's falling off. Yeah. It kind of looks like when you were a kid and you used to play with glue. Uh huh. Did you ever do that? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah.
1: Um, we're going to go past the time. That's fine. We haven't done that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we won't go too far past the time. Um, Jack is saying it's non-negotiable. I'm staying for a full four minutes before impact. Like I'm riding with you as long as I can. Yeah. Uh, and Jack calls Tony and tells Tony, I'm going to live. So he's <laughs> like, thank God. Oh, that's great. Uh, Yusuf Aouda wants to know what's on the hard drive. Tony. i me and my country have shown good faith. What, what, how about a little in return? Tony's like yeah no I don't think so and uh, Yusuf says you Americans and Tony says we Americans what and Yusuf says nothing he literally says the word nothing and then walks away Um, I like Yusuf I'm just going to put that out there like this character
2: I, I don't know. I feel like I was like so dialed into everything else happening that this just yeah felt hard to like, like kind of like I get eh. that I totally do
1: yeah uh, I totally get that. But you know we're closing one book and opening something else and still got so many uh, episodes left. We still got you know not quite half a season is it's uh, ridiculous is left. We still got like nine episodes left. It's exhausting. I think. Maybe it's we a should have
2: called this show twelve hours. Hmm.
1: Well, one of the seasons was only twelve. Really? Yeah. 24 live another day. I think Legacy was 12 as well. Yeah. Um, Everybody
2: was like, no, nah, we we understand. Now nah, we're
1: good. On Air Force One, Hank Schrader shows up.
2: Oh, God. Hey, David. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> They're minerals, Lynn.
1: Linerals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got any of those Lynn Kreskies? All right. He's one of those. Stop. It's literally Hank Schrader. Dean Norris is in the house. <laughs> Uh, I didn't remember this, so that should tell you how important of a character he is. Yep. But he basically shows up. He says, hey, so we should uh, probably start attacking these three countries. Yeah, let's get
2: psyched let's for make, a war, huh? let's, let, What's up, David? It's
1: wartime. Woo! Woo! And David's like, oh, man, why are you so excited about this? I was like, I don't know, because it's this era, and at this time, we were ready for war. We love war. Uh, David's like, man, you seem pretty jolly about the whole thing. To be honest, wow. Uh, and so Hank Schrader, he's got, uh he's saying, let's activate some plans. We've got plans in place, man. We want to, we want to invade. Uh, very evocative, of course, at the time, and still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and David Palmer tells Lynn, Lynn, we may be talking about World War Three.
2: <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, like it's not funny, but it's also such a dramatic. This is like thing playing on say. like you know,
1: big fears of the time. Yeah. You know, again, really evocative of the times. Yeah. There was war. Uh, there are many questions and still to this day of like the veracity of the war yeah, and the like, should that have happened? Mm. And the, that shouldn't have happened <laughs> of it all. Uh, yeah. And so the show with its deft and delicate touch that it has demonstrated so often <laughs> is going to broach this subject. Such a delicate touch. Yeah. <laughs>
2: About as delicate as a hammer.
1: ay, ay. Um, So we'll see how this plays You don't plays know how out. to
2: use that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs> With the deft and delicate touch of a George Mason flying aye, aye, a plane aye. into a precise landing point in the Mojave Desert.
2: Up goes the mushroom cloud. So
1: we'll see where this goes. But obviously, we're setting this kind of stuff up. And so this season of 24 is very much of a time. Uh, for better and often for worse. Yeah. Um, so George Mason's getting ready to go. He t- you know, tells Jack a little bit about his last day on Earth. I got to see my son. I was psyched about it. I don't think he was. Uh, Jack promises he'll check in on John. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, if that happened, that was off screen. <laughs> 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 I never saw it. I bought a latte
2: all. from him. He's doing great. <laughs>
1: Jack touches George on the shoulder. George, with his sloppy Elmer's glue hand, touches Jack's <laughs> hand. I always thought that Jack was being very polite about that, that he didn't say, ew, gross. <laughs> uh, and so it's like a final tender moment from George and Jack. They've come a long way since their first encounter on 24 in the very yeah, first the episode of the whole ass show, Emily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so Jack jumps Uh and at ten fifty-seven someone comes to Mike and Mike comes to George uh sorry, Mike comes to David. And Mike comes say
2: Mike's on the plane too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I snuck on as well, David. Uh ten fifty-seven on Air Force One. Mike comes to David and says, David, if you look outside, you'll see the Aurora Borealis. I mean, if you look outside (laughs) from this altitude, you will see the blast if you want to do that. And David's like, Of course, I wanna see that. Uh George has 90 seconds left to live when he starts taking the plane in for a dive. And the last sight of George Mason is just him deadlocked on the plan, ready to go. No hesitation has come a very long way from the cowardly man we have known him to be up until his radiation diagnosis. Uh, So this is the moment where we say goodbye to George Mason. Any final thoughts for George Mason? Um. Is this the most tragic death on 24, saddest death on 24?
2: No. no, we've been prepping for this. Uh-huh. We've had a heads up. Yeah. R.I.P., man. Yeah. That's how I feel.
1: That's how you feel. <laughs> Goodbye, George.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of glad I don't have to watch him, like, falling apart any further. <laughs> it was
1: getting really Especially, hard.
2: Especially, like, some of the stuff they were saying at the beginning of the season where they were like, then you'll lose we control were spared of your bowels. Some of it. I and I was yeah. like, no. I don't want to see that.
1: <laughs> yeah. What if you
2: just heard him farting in the back of the No, no,
1: no. Come on.
2: I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. But it would have been like a tell.
1: I shouldn't have had the McRib.
2: Or Jack's like, I smell something.
1: Yeah, that's how he knew. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't love that this is the send-off. George Mason's getting on worst day ever. I'm sorry. We're sending him off with farts. This is (laughs) one of the most emotionally powerful scenes on 24. Death by farts. (laughs) (laughs) 24. the ticking clock... But replaced with farts. <laughs> no. You asked no. for this and you got it. I wanted this part to be serious. I wanted this part to be serious. It's
2: <laughs> no. oh, uh, a real gas. There you...
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I should note that this podcast has come out on my birthday weekend. <laughs> Uh, all I wanted for my birthday weekend edition of the 24 was podcast was to properly eulogize George Mason. I'm sorry. And instead, we've lit him up. <laughs> <laughs> we set him off full, full of gas on that plane, enough gas to get him to where he needed to go.
2: Really blaring out.
1: R.I.P. George Mason. R. Love R. this character. Love this arc. This is one of the things on 24 that I still think mostly stands the test of time is yeah. the final uh, storyline of George Mason. Yes. So he's gone. For sure. Uh, Jack Bauer parachutes down. They do. They make this really strange choice to do this weird split screen <laughs> of Jack with the flare parachuting. And Emily, you were like, wait, did George jump out too? <laughs> yeah, they're both like, I understand the confusion.
2: Yeah, it was really weird. It wasn't
1: supremely clear wasn't the clearest thing ever.
2: Just have it be one screen. Why did you have to split it? Very strange. They love
1: the split screen, and I love the split screen, but this was a weird use of the split screen. Yeah, they basically split screen the same angle almost. So it doesn't really look right. Anyway, Jack manages to get cover in time to countdown. Four, three, two, blast. That's the end of the nuclear bomb. That's the end of George Mason. I want to say I'm very proud of you for keeping it together, Emily. When I said blast, I really wanted I know. to say something. I could sense it in the room. <laughs> I smelled something was off. <laughs> uh, there's like the the holy music of like you know when 24 has a very serious moment. Oh, there's like all like the uh, like the ethereal voices. Yeah, yeah. It's a very somber moment. Kim sees the blast. David sees the blast. Jack sees it as well. We get all these various viewpoints of the mushroom cloud as the nuclear bomb has gone off and there are still nine episodes of 24 Season 2. Mm-hmm. That's two discs plus one episode if you were wow. watching this on the DVDs, Emily.
2: Wow. Um, talk about a throwback
1: so let me ask you a question since we're already over time i i don't really mind uh like spending just a couple extra minutes here okay um, there's nine episodes left in 24 season two what we are have, my predictions we have closed the book on one chapter if 24 season two is a two-act story act one is now done yes are you surprised that the nuclear bomb is wrapped at this point no a couple episodes ago you were like it's halfway through the season they're not going to stop the bomb and it's like At the time, I wanted to be like, "Well, they will in
2: two episodes." I mean, I'm—I guess the—the ability to get to it in two episodes is pretty impressive Mm
1: -hmm. because
2: it did feel pretty slow at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of that is like you know story building. Like you're you're getting introduced to characters, you're seeing what's going on, and like nobody ever figures something out in like two hours anyway. So it kind of makes sense that it took most of the day to get to it. Um, that being said. I guess, like, I'm not surprised because it's sort of like season one in which, like, you know, you you wrap up the initial thing. Right.
1: The gains of it all. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But there's still more to be done, obviously. Um,
1: so what do you think is going to happen? What still needs to be the done? There's nine countries. episodes left. These three countries. These three
2: countries. I don't know. What's going to
1: happen with TTC?
2: Are they gonna are they gonna interrogate Marie more to the extent that they find out more about these three countries or are they gone? Because I frankly would be thrilled. Um obviously Miss uh Michelle's like nemesis boss is gonna be a Yeah, issue. the next nine
1: episodes are just gonna be Michelle versus Carrie. Which
2: is so annoying. That's it.
1: <laughs> That's the rest of the season.
2: Um, Kim's still in the middle of nowhere, like hitchhiking. Correct. And it's getting darker and later, yes. which is not great. No. Um, so that's kind of weird yes. and going to be a problem mm-hmm. so who knows what she's going to run into next
1: can I tell you something about Kim Bauer Yeah. Uh, there's at least I think one if not two episodes coming out uh, at some point before the end of this season of 24 where she just isn't there
2: <gasps> good
1: I think it's at least one I know it's at least one I think there's two episodes where we'll have no Kim
2: I'm into that yeah frankly take a break yeah
1: it'll be nice yes um so that's one thing i'll just spoil for you in the next uh nine episodes well, you've got a maximum of, of seven episodes of kim yeah. left.
2: well she saw the cloud go up right yeah. so she thinks her dad's dead
1: i'm trying to remember exactly what happens to kim yeah. for the rest of season two of 24 and seven episodes feels like a lot for what she still She's has left to do. She's gonna get
2: arrested. She'll be brought to someone else's sketchy house. She'll get into a fight with someone and get kidnapped again. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to put that on her though. Okay. I just want her to get home safe. Okay. Maybe stay there. Mm-hmm. Don't go anywhere ever. Do again. you think
1: David going to Los Angeles was a good idea or a bad idea?
2: <sighs> I don't know. Yeah frankly like he's got a lot to clean up and deal with and he should probably just go to sleep for the night it's you
1: know late at that point
2: yeah you're gonna need some rest
1: i don't know if he could just go to sleep oh nuclear bomb you you should go to
2: i mean he's gonna need to because he's gonna have to be awake for the next like However many, like, weeks to deal with the, like, blowback of all of this. I don't think you could
1: just go to sleep if you're the president and a nuclear bomb went off.
2: I probably would have seen that go off and been like, everyone good? It went to plan? Cool. I'm going to get, like, two hours of sleep while we fly to L.A.
1: Yeah. There's probably things that need to happen right now. I don't think he's allowed to sleep yet. Well... Hey, according to hank schrader it's time to go
2: war war david let's go it's exhausting you know it's exa- i would never want to be the president uh it what's seems terrible what's
1: jack bauer gonna do for the rest of the day
2: uh he should also get some sleep mm-hmm. maybe have something to eat yeah drink some water yeah hydrate do
1: you think jack bauer survives the rest of the day
2: yeah I do. Uh-huh. I think he's okay.
1: You think he'll be fine? He might
2: have to go get some tests run on him to make sure he doesn't have any exposure.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. He's relatively close.
2: Yeah. He was pretty freaking close. Pretty close. I would have been like, George, I'm going to jump out at maybe like minute 10. Yeah. But, you know, that's e- just me.
1: Emily, what do you think is going to happen with Tony and Michelle?
2: <sighs> it's so hard to know. But I hope that they like you know, just like canoodle a little. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. What if he puts his hand over her hand while she's like using a mouse on her computer?
1: Yeah. And they've like mouse together? Yeah. Wow. That's so hot. Um, all right. Well, Emily, that's uh that's the end of the nuclear bomb. It is. That's the end of season two, episode fifteen. Uh-huh. A solid A. Yeah. Uh curious to figure out what the GPA will be for the back portion of twenty four. Season two, which we'll get into. I'm gonna have honors as we're, we're, next we'll week. In honors. Well, yeah, that tends to be the way that this goes. Yeah. Um. All right, we'll be back next week figuring out what's gonna happen with these three countries. What's gonna happen with the Cyprus audio? What's gonna happen with Jack Bauer? Probably gonna have to take a full episode to get back in the action. He's pretty far out there. Uh. What's gonna happen with everything that's going on in the show? Where's Kim gonna turn up next? Um, we'll find out next week on the next episode of worst day ever here on post show recaps. Uh, since we're drawn out anyway, may as well say patreon.com slash recaps. If you enjoy this podcast, support the arts. It's, it was my birthday the other day. Don't you want to give me the birthday gift of supporting post show recaps? I bet that there was some really I'm recording this pretty far out in advance, but I bet that there was like some really cool come celebrate my birthday thing that we support did.
2: Support the farts.
1: Support, oh, God. <laughs> Don't you want to support content like that? So consider it patreon.com slash post show recaps to support the podcast uh, and hang out with myself and Emily and so many other people in the poster recaps Patreon discord which you have access to at every single level if you're not able to do that you can at least hang out with Emily and I on Twitter I'm at round Howard she's at Emlet, like an omelet with an E in the front with all that said we'll be back next week talking about the first episode of the second portion of 24 season 2 Till then everybody take care bye bye
3: step into the world of power loyalty